How you doing? Uh, a little groggy today. Yeah? I was out last night. Isn't your night, uh, or your morning, no, your night now. My night. I had your night already. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> Can you relive my night and not <laughs> give me a hangover this morning? Did you uh, throw a few back? Yeah, yeah, not too many, actually. We went out, Mark and I, last night. He's visiting for a couple weeks and got to go to a couple of bars here in the neighborhood, which was kind of fun. Nice. Hey, I just noticed you're looking a little svelte there. You lost a little weight. What do you weigh now? No, it's not about what I'm what I weigh. It's about what I'm wearing. Ah, uh, okay. The Henley. Yes, it's the Henley. Remember what they told us? You look like a rock star. Yeah, that's right. Or at least it'll make you feel one like one. Yeah. But I don't feel like one right. Now. Actually, I do. I feel like a washed up or a, a rock star the day after, yeah. the night after, morning after. Did you buy that there? No, this one actually was the original one I got at Got Style with you. Wow, nice. It's nice and clean. Mine doesn't look that white. Actually, I don't wear it that much because it's quite warm. Yeah. So it's a little too warm for underneath clothes. And then I don't really usually wear it out like this, but I was looking for a long sleeve shirt. So I grabbed this and I thought, well, it's supposed to make me feel like a rock star. So why not? It's made out of bamboo too. Is it? Yeah. It's super soft. I love it. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice. My wife takes it off uh, off me all the time. Like she steals it from the drawer and goes to sleep in it. Nice. Yeah. It doesn't tear it off you. You didn't. You mean? <laughs> well, I don't. Maybe sometimes. I don't know. Okay. What are we doing? Book of thunks. Sure. Throw a couple our way. All right. So we did this last time. We had a few good ones, and I I stumbled across a couple more. The question is, can someone steal rubbish from you? Could your could someone steal your rubbish from you? I suppose. I think the question is asking, is is you put your trash out and someone takes it, are they stealing it from you? Oh, You've heard that I phrase, see. right? Yes. Stealing your trash? Yes. No, I don't care. It's not stealing. I'm putting it out. It's to be collected take it. I don't care who takes it. If it's disappearing from my from my front lawn, that's fantastic. That's the only thing I care about. Actually, we've talked about this where you put stuff out and then these little elves come out of the trees and they just it just disappears. Oh my gosh, we've done that so many times. The neighborhood in Toronto, I know if you put stuff on the front curb, you put a couch there, you put a, you know, a ladder uh, an old dresser, anything like that, you put it there and put a sign with it. You don't even have to put a sign with it. You just put it out on the front lawn and people just know instinctively, that's mine, I'm coming to get it. And they'll go home, get mm. their truck, bring it back. It's gone. It's as good as gone. It's one of the best places to get rid of things. Just put it on your front lawn. I agree. Right by the curb. But I guess if you consider like important documents, like shredded documents, trash, then... I guess it just behooves you to dispose of it properly. There are people that make a living out of this. They go down, up and down the street, and they look for people's oh yeah, quote-unquote junk, right? And then throw it in the back of their pickup truck, and off they go. They have a store. They might sell it, or you know, maybe they keep it for themselves. But yeah, people do it. If I met you a year ago on the third floor of a building that has been knocked down... Where is the spot where I met you now? Where did it go? Did it go away with the demolition, like the debris? 
and it's in a landfill somewhere or is it up in the sky like like where is that meet where where did we meet before <laughs> i guess is what it's asking or where did it go where did that place go it's gone man it's gone it's in the back of a dump truck i think it's up in the sky or it's in the area <laughs> oh are you talking where about the we air were. the space well i mean they could have rebuilt and put another building there so i don't know I feel like where we met was over there where the building used to be. I don't know. That might be a little too heady for me. Not that I can't think on that level. I just don't know if I want to right now. So I used to have an uncle and he used to wear Dracar Noir. Okay. In fact, he still does wear Dracar Noir. Uncle that wore it. Yeah, so didn't didn't that come out in the eight? Like the yeah, 80s? Dracar Noir is like a eau de toilette. It's a cologne for men, right? Yeah, I know it. Yeah, it was popular. Yeah, in, did in you the 80s. did you wear it? I never did. I remember wanting to wear it. Okay, but it, I never never had it. Like never didn't have the money to buy it, or never received it as a gift, or maybe even thought it had too many people were wearing it, so I didn't really ever wear it. Okay, back in the day, it was a winner. Everybody liked it. The girls liked it. The guys liked it. It was a nice smelling cologne for its day, for its time. But the weird thing is, I remember walking by my uncle and smelling it and going, hey. Like, I mean, it instantly like took me back to that era, right? And I remember mm-hmm. thinking, yeah. oh my gosh, this is high school all over again. And I remember thinking to myself, this guy's like 65. Like, what? He's wearing Dracar. I didn't, I don't know. I, Good for him, you know. I guess he liked it, and it's a good smelling cologne. But I think you gotta kind of let things go, you know. There's a certain life, like a, a shelf life, for certain things, certain trends. And I think that trend died back in. I'm gonna say maybe the mid '90s. So when he was wearing it, he was wearing it back when it was a thing. Yeah. So he would have been, what, 45 or something? Oh, back when it was a thing? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he'd be going back He'd be going back 30, 30 years. No, 25 years. 23. 23 years. Let's call it, let, ever, if it's 95 when, you know, you, if, if you say at 95, you should have stopped wearing it. You're, you're looking at, it's 23 years from now, or 23 years ago. I wonder, though, I mean, I think some of, like, Chanel's scents are still, they're, they're like a thing still, aren't they? Or do they all kind of die their own death at some point? Gosh, I don't know. I have no idea. Do you know a woman that wears Chanel? I'm sh- Yeah, I think so. I couldn't tell you what number it was or name of it. Okay. But Chanel exists today and is producing, so it's not like it's, Dracar Noir is, a different thing that I, I don't even know. Was that the clone name or the smell name from like who made Dracar? I don't Noir? even know, but I do remember it being wildly popular back when people wore overalls. <laughs> people have been wearing overalls for a hundred years. Oh no. If you're not a farmer, I mean, it was a fashion trend, right? People with overalls and they had like the, you know, the one, the one loop that was, off the shoulder, you'd have it looped over the one shoulder, but the other shoulder wouldn't be looped, yeah. right? It was like the cool thing. So this is back, okay, so this goes to what I think, you know, at some point, 
these fashion trends die. And I came across this thing that said, you know, there's some things that you should never do again, right? As a, I mean, you know, as a 40 year old man, right? So back in the nineties, there was the guys wore their hair longer, right? Or in, in that mm-hmm. kind of a, what did they call that? Like way? emo kind of, you know what I mean? Like, you remember that? Emo? Yeah, emo, emo, like emotional man, right? Like that was the whole, and they wore like all black and they had like the long, the long man bangs and they would come down kind of in a curve over one eye. Do you know what I'm talking mm. about? You know, I'm looking it up as you're talking about yeah. it. Yeah, emo trend. There's yeah. a place called Emo Manitoba, but that's not what you meant. That is not what I meant, no. Emo is a rock music genre characterized by an emphasis on emotional expression. Russian. Oh, it looks like kind of like Green Day, like the Green yeah, Day. Yeah, but like, but Green Day is cool. Like, if you Google emo and look it for images, I am. you'll you'll see. Right, looks almost like some Japanese influences there. Actually, yes, yeah. Okay, anyway, emo man. Yeah, and like you know, the emo guys would wear eyeliner, you know, and they called yeah. it guy liner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. By the way, Dracar Noir. Dracar Noir is a men's fragrance by Guy Laroche, created by perfumer Pierre Vargnay. It's probably pronounced wrong. Oh, magne- it's manufact was introduced in 1982 and is manufactured under license by the L'Oreal Group. It ah, won the 1985 go. Fifi Award for the most successful men's <laughs> fragrance. Okay. Yeah. And there it's in go. the it's in the Canadian Frame Fragrance Awards Hall of Fame. It was inducted in 2010. It was the best-selling men's prestige $20 or more scent worldwide in 1991. Yeah, it was great. So is it Canadian? I don't know. L'Oreal, what is that? Is that Canadian? Is that a Canadian company? I don't I'm going to say it's French. So. Yeah. I guess it got in the Canadian Hall of Fame somehow. Maybe it didn't have to be Canadian. Canadian Fragrance Hall of Fame. Would you wear a thong? No. Okay. What if uh, your wife came to you and said, oh my gosh, uh, Clark, I just, I'm dying to see you in a thong. Put on a banana hammock. Come to bed. Is, you're just talking about the thong or is, the, is this the one where it's like a sidewinder thingy in the front where it's like half kind of grabs, grabs the, 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 the appendage? Have you seen those? <laughs> no. What do you? No, I have not seen that. But the <laughs> no, what I'm talking about is like a full on thong, right? Yeah. Banana okay. banana hammock in the front, right? Yeah. And then, you know, two exposed butt cheeks. Yeah, I know. Just okay. So like, like the so like what we know, like like a what when we think of a woman wearing a thong, that yeah. kind of a thong. Yeah. 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 Yes. I know they exist for men and I've actually thought not about wearing it as in giving consideration more than more than a second. So I've yes, I've given it a second's consideration and I real I just don't think it's something that looks good on a man. And I would think if an, if Anetta wanted me to wear it, I would be like first of all, I wouldn't really believe her because I don't think it would look good. But is that go does that maybe go back to when you want your wife to do something and you think it looks good and it does look good, but they don't think it looks good. I would do it if she wanted, if my wife wanted me to do it, I would do it. I I would do anything she wanted me to do pretty much within reason. I would, 
yeah, I would do it, but I would be like, okay, really? And yeah, the question is, would you do it? It doesn't look good. There's no, I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, I would do it. Sure. If she, if it was there and said, oh, I got this, I would, if she hadn't bought it yet, I would definitely try to discourage her from going ahead right, with that. Right. What about fanny packs? What's your <laughs> position on fanny packs? By the way, they're making a comeback. Yeah, I've heard about that, actually. I think they're very practical, but they they look terrible. And unless I would rather see a, some sort of a a different way of carrying it than, than what a fanny pack traditionally is, which is kind of like a belt around your waist with a pouch, right? Yeah. So, no, I, I, I would never wear one. Throw a wallet into one and go, go out <clears throat> for the day. What about a captain's hat? (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, captain's hats are near and dear to me because my dad used to call me captain and every like three or four years would buy me a captain's hat. You are not telling me the truth. That's not, that's not, that's a fake story. That's fake news. Made up story. Made up story. Made up story. I'll get back to you on that. Okay. No, I wouldn't wear one. I just all I can think of is the skipper from Gilligan's Island. That's exactly what I picture in my head. Can you imagine meeting some guy, going to a party, right? <laughs> Come to my house. I got this party going on, right? And then, hey, this is my friend uh, Reginald. Reg. Everybody calls him Reggie, and he shows up. He's got a captain's hat. I mean, how do you keep a straight face as you stick your hand out to shake this guy's hand? Yeah, well, especially if he isn't like like an old guy. I think an old guy could do it, but... I don't know, uh, man. I don't know. Skipper hats or captain's hats? No. No, that's a hard no for me. No, seriously, though, my dad did... He called me captain, and every five years or so, he would buy me a captain's hat. So I think I got my first when I was probably five. <laughs> when did he stop? Please tell me he doesn't still get them for you. No, it's been a, it's been a maybe. I think he stopped somewhere in my late teens. <laughs> I know what you're imagining. You're imagining me wearing this captain's hat at like the prom or the school dance or something. I'm so glad I met you later in life. I'm not sure I would have been able to take that seriously. Well, I never wore them. And I always felt sort of guilty about it. Like he would give them to me and I would just be like, okay. And and then it would never be put on. I mean, I'd put it on right. It was like your aunt buying you something at Christmas. You'd put it on in front of her. And then as soon as she was gone, it was, <laughs> it was this gone. Drawer with like 30 hats and you never yeah. wear them. If I came over to your house and we were, you know, teenagers and you called me, and you're like, oh, come over, we'll play Atari or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I showed up and you had a captain's hat. I think I would turn around and walk the other way. I'd yeah, be like, ah, I would, never mind, forget it. And get that back be on right. my banana seat bike and ride <laughs> home. I never wore the, the hat ever, except for like, I don't know. I almost felt there was maybe an, an understanding from him that I don't expect you to wear this. It'd be okay and it'd be nice if you did, but I'm more or less buying it so it's kind of in your just even as a thing to throw on your dresser as a display item. What about a fedora? I don't think hats like that look good on me, to be frank. 
because I think hats can look really good on some people. Yeah. Like I have a friend of mine who who wears hats all the time, whether it's baseball hats or sort of those hats from like that Irish people would wear and like the flat cap. Yeah. yeah. Those things are great. He, I love them. I just don't like, just, they don't look good on me, but that's the thing. He looks good in almost any kind of hat like that. So I was thinking maybe part of it is the kind of hat and that I need someone to just help me find a hat that looks good. But a fedora, oh, I think it just, if it looked good on me, maybe. I had a, another friend who used to wear them to work and he looked good in them actually. Just somehow it worked. Some people can pull a fedora off. I've tried fedoras. Not for me. Not going to happen. And same thing with a flat cap. I actually would love to be able to wear a flat cap. I, they just don't look good on me. I look like a little kid. I look like a boy. Yeah. 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 And I don't want to look like a boy. I've gone past that age in my life. Okay. So a couple of weekends ago, I think I told you this. We went to Niagara Falls and uh, my wife and I, we do this like probably for sure once a year, sometimes twice a year. We go, we have a lot of fun. We go out for a nice dinner. We go see some live music. We get a little tipsy and, and yeah, we spend time together, which is great. It's a lot of fun. And we went with some friends. We didn't spend all of our time with them, but we went with some friends and they have this particular affinity for getting shot glasses everywhere they go, everywhere. Mm. If they go to a city, they have to get a shot glass from that city. And they have, I don't even know how many shot glasses they have. They have to have 50 or 60 shot glasses from different cities around the world. I don't know. I, I think I think when you're in your 40s and you're shopping for shot glasses everywhere you go, I think I think it might be time to give that up. I think that's something you do in your 20s. Yeah. You know Sam? Yes. He he collects shot glasses. <laughs> Oh, Sammy. But I got to ask him, like, uh, we haven't had the shot glass discussion in a while. Like, he used to go, if I went somewhere, I would try to pick up a shot glass for him. But that was years ago. So it'd be interesting to hear his, if he's still collecting shot glasses. I think the collection of anything like that, I mean, if it's not shot glasses, I guess in your 20s, it's spoons when you're in your 60s or 70s. Remember spoons? The spoons that oh, would, people yes. had them on the walls in their oh, kitchens. Oh, my on grandmother! Display. She had so many on these like wooden plaques that yeah. looked like you know, like um, they were designed almost like a badge or an emblem, right? Like a yeah. and then and then all these spoons would be in there. Ah, oh, it's crazy. It'd be like Scotland. Yeah, that's right. We should, probably shouldn't say people's names on this podcast, by the way. I thought of that too. Yeah, yeah, as soon as you said it, I was like, ah, oh well. Yeah, spoons, unbelievable. I don't know. Remember that phase where people went through where they wore bowling shoes as regular shoes? Yes. They would go to the bowling alley and somehow they would steal the bowling shoes and yes. uh, yep. and they became like a fashion trend. It became, I think, fashionable to steal them and then fashionable. I think they were sort of had two two elements to the to the fashion. One was, look at these, I stole these. And then there was the fact they were bowling shoes and had some element of style to it, I guess. Well, I don't know. I've never looked at a pair of bowling shoes and gone, yeah, those things are at the cutting edge of style. <laughs> but... <laughs> 
Yeah, I think people do look at, I don't know, how does stealing something like become cool though? I don't know. That's just a thing that I think that's part of the the age, right? It's, it's immaturity. Youth culture. Yep. Were you ever one of those guys that brought like a an acoustic guitar to a party? No, I've been to been to parties where people have. Yeah. And those are one of those things where it has to be like I actually really like people people who can play music, but there that's one of those right time right place scenarios. Yes. Yes. There, there's totally a wrong time to bust out an acoustic guitar at a party. <laughs> Yes, there is. There is definitely. Yeah. And it's very rare where there's an appropriate time, I think. Well, I think like it's one of those things where if you're having a party and it's, I don't know, it's 20 people, right? And you know all the people there and you know them well and you're that guy that everybody knows can play the guitar well. If Joey shows up with his guitar, everybody, the other 19 people be like, yay, Joey, right? Like they're mm. going to be happy about it, right? But if you show up to a party and, you know, you're, <laughs> I just think of this because I have a friend who did this recently. We mm. had a backyard barbecue and it was the first time that he had ever come to our place. Didn't know anybody there at all. Mike showed up to that. He showed okay. up to our backyard shindig. And this guy, pulled out the guitar. I didn't know he brought it, right? And uh, he starts uh, strumming away lightly, right? You know, while everyone else is talking. And then oh, no. and then next thing you know, there's some humming. And oh, then some... no. <laughs> humming yeah, by then... him or humming by people in the group? No, humming by him. And then, oh, and then he starts lightly singing the lyrics of songs. And, and then his, his wife joined in. And then after a bit, it was sort of like, hey, hey, Stu, what are you doing over there? You know, like, um, oh, man, it was funny. It was a scene right out of a movie. It was perfect. You couldn't have scripted it better. I mean, I've been to parties or not parties, but maybe like you go over and visit another couple and you start talking about guitars and then maybe the guys disappear for a bit and like play maybe one they go he goes and shows his guitar collection and then a few like might do a couple riffs on it and that's like yeah maybe next time we should get together and play some guitar and then it kind of gets forgotten about no but see that's cool though that that yeah. i get but when yeah. you show up to a, a party with an acoustic guitar and you start doing that awkward kind of you know over in the corner playing and you're kind of you can tell the guy that's playing is secretly hoping that you know someone will come over or two or three people will come over and be like oh what do you got going on there right and then sort of join in and next thing you know it becomes an acoustic party and he's the superstar right yeah that's that's what they want but it's it never really actually works out that way it it's it's awkward it's an awkward situation here's something totally unrelated i was listening to a podcast with Lance Armstrong, he was talking to, he was on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. What's your take on him now? What do you, how do you feel about Lance Armstrong? Uh, yeah, I've thought about this a lot, actually. I'm not sure how I feel about Lance Armstrong. I mean, I used to think that this guy was a rock star and I thought, oh my gosh, cancer survivor, cancer beater, right? And then world beater. Uh, what did he win? Seven? I think it was seven. 
Tour de France. And I, I remember thinking, this guy's he's he's Superman, right? It went so far as to when he was accused of cheating, I remember thinking, no, no way. Uh-uh. No, no, not him. He wouldn't do that. He's been set up. There's misinformation. It's a smear campaign, blah, 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 blah. And then finally, you, you know, you come to the realization, oh, actually, he did cheat. And I feel pretty bad, actually, because, I mean, he had a lot of things going for him. He started that website, Live Strong, the organization, mm-hmm. Live Strong. Oh, yeah. He has nothing to do with it anymore. I think they no, booted him. They, they right? did boot him. It yeah. raised millions for cancer. And oh yeah, it was a great cause. And and you know, in the I have to say, I've gone kind of full circle with him. I mean, I read his book twenty years, fifteen years ago, and he would talk about how constantly being harassed or or interrupted by the drug testers, like in very quiet, intimate moments with his family. There'd be a knock at the door and he would have to submit to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really believed him. I actually really believed the guy. Like I just, did too. And so I would say when it happened and then he was on Oprah, but I listened to the podcast because I thought, well, it's been a few years now. And I'd like to just hear his, his take. And surprisingly, he's still a fairly upbeat guy. Like, when you listen to the story, you do realize that everyone was taking drugs in that sport. And I think they did some analysis that said nobody in the sport who didn't take drugs finished less than or higher than 18th place. And they did some sort of a study and looked at all the riders over a period of years and nobody finished higher than 18th that was um, a drug user. So in other words, everybody that was 18th place or higher was using some yes. kind of performance enhancing drugs. Correct. See, that makes sense to me. I, I think that it's rampant in, in amateur sports because in order for you to compete at that level, in order to get the sponsorships that you need in order to make a living because it's not technically a quote unquote professional sport. Wait, is cycling a professional sport? Because I don't I think, think it is. I don't know, actually. That's a good question. I well, mean, people are endo- get endorsements for it. and No, no, they get paid. Uh, but it's, it's all through endorsements. But I, mean, yeah. I guess my point is, I think that in order to compete at that level, the whole push to be faster, stronger, better, there's no way that you can keep up with a training schedule without using performance-enhancing drugs. Like You just can't. You can't, yeah. you can't recover quick enough, right? You're pushing yeah. your body so much and you have to be able to recover quickly. And it's all about recovery. How quickly can you recover? I think what I like about his interview though, is he's not looking for anyone to say, like he's, he's owned it. He has owned the, his situation. He doesn't expect sympathy. He, even when he's asked questions where he's explaining things, he, he caveats it with, and by the way, I'm not defending this. Like when he says everybody was doing it, he know he says that's not an excuse. So I like that he's owned it. And hearing the story, I do recommend it. It's a good it's a good podcast. I think it's a couple of years old now. I think it was from 2016, mm-hmm. and it was like it's interesting just hearing his perspective and how his family dealt with it and and the lawsuits that he's facing now are a little bit ridiculous. Like the U.S. Postal Service. Oh, he's still of, being 
sued. Well, at least in the interview, he was still being sued. I'm not sure where it stands now, but the latest, this, this was what jumped out at me. So because he was sponsored by the U.S. Postal Service, and I think he received $25 million in endorsements from them, that because the U.S. Postal Service is considered, it, well, it's a government entity, the U.S. government sued him on behalf of the American people and were allowed to sue up to three times the amount of what he got. So they're suing him for $75 million on behalf of the American people for defrauding the U.S. government, essentially, which I think is, is, is that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty ludicrous. But I mean, I just, is that something that, you know, after a while, people just get tired of and go, ah, I don't even have the energy for this anymore? Because something else would have come along that would have enraged the people, you know? Yeah. More yeah. than that, right? Probably a week later. Yeah, he was saying his his case is pretty good because, and there's others, of course, like Nike, and I don't know if they're suing him, but there's other endorsers who did sue where they have to prove that they didn't receive something in exchange for that endorsement. And they've also got the fact that they may have themselves even knew that he was taking the drugs and just turned a blind eye toward uh, it. Ah, interesting. But, well, there were a lot of accusations over the years, right? And so, you know, why didn't the the Postal Service or Nike or whoever else go, hey, wait a minute, by the way, are you taking drugs? Maybe yeah. we should do our own testing. Yeah, so that's that's a pretty good uh, that's a pretty good argument, but I mean, at that time, it was so easy to t- turn a blind eye. And honestly, I mean, when everybody first heard, there weren't many people that were like. I think a lot of people did the exact same thing I did. They were in denial. They were like, "No, no, couldn't yeah. be. Not Lance. Not Lance. Not yeah. not Mister Clean." I mean, he was he was so good at being like the poster child for clean riding, cancer survivor. Seven-time world champion, you know, I mean, I don't know. Well, and let's face it. If you took the drugs he took, you wouldn't have been even in the top thousandth of the Tour de France, right? So (laughs) the drugs only just, and that's not the point. I know it's not the point. You still shouldn't be taking them in, in that. It's just, it's not allowed and shouldn't be. It's like Barry Bonds. Maybe it extended his career. But you don't hit 70 home runs by taking drugs. You hit maybe 10 more by hitting them, which I guess, you know, that's the issue. He broke records under under drugs, more than likely. I don't know if anything's ever been proven, but see, he still had to hit a 90-mile-an-hour fastball with a, a round bat, you know? Yes. Yeah. It, it, no, I mean, I remember hearing somebody say performance-enhancing drugs don't help you hit an 85-mile-an-hour curveball. You know, so you still have to have the ability to, you know, swing the bat, guess what pitch is coming, hit it in the sweet spot. If you miss hit the ball, maybe if it's someone like you or I, and maybe it doesn't go over the fence. I mean, mm-hmm. You and I, are it's a bad example, but a, a thinner, leaner, less strong baseball player. Maybe they don't squeak it over the fence. And that's, you know, and, and because he was so strong, he, he did squeak it over the fence. So let's move into my weird news story for, for the week. Okay. 
All right. So this one is, it's an unfortunate situation that happened in India. A man, 72 years of age, was stoned to death by monkeys. What? (laughs) It's not funny. This is serious. No, that's a terrible story, but I'm not laughing at at the, the, it's terrible, but like, just repeat that again. Just. Okay. Yeah. So. Well, man, so the title is Man 72, Stoned to Death by Monkeys in India. Police say the monkeys rained bricks on the man, 72, from a treetop after earlier collecting them from a rundown building. Dharmpal Singh has been collecting pieces of dry wood before the incident, or had been collecting pieces of dry wood before the incident in Tikri Uttar Pradesh. Police said monkeys rained bricks on the man from a treetop after collecting them from a nearby dilapidated building. The elderly man later died in hospital from sustained head and chest injuries. Actually, these monkeys are a real problem. There's, there's been a lot of, there's a couple stories on this. Um, that, now, this is where it sort of gets weird. The parents, it's like the Planet family, of the Apes, man. I know. And it's, I bet, I bet it's freaking scary. Imagine that, all these monkeys. Mr. Singh's family are said to have put in a formal complaint about the incident to police. Monkeys threw more than 20 bricks at Durampal on Thursday, claimed the victim's brother. He was hit on the head, chest, and legs. Thrown from a height, the bricks were enough to kill him. The brother Easily. added, yeah. these, these rogue monkeys are the real culprits and must pay for it. How oh come- my gosh. But the police have said, how can we register the case against these monkeys? This will make us a laughing stock. Deadly monkey attacks have been on the rise in India with wildlife experts saying that race, racist monkeys, race, monkeys, macaws, macaw, race, race, macaws are usually to blame. It's unclear which breed attacked them. Okay. But yeah, that's what they did. They came, they attacked, they killed. You could make a good horror movie. Well. I'm pretty sure they made a movie. It's called Planet of the Apes. Right. Well, I read another article about this that I couldn't find it. It said that they brought these monkeys into this area on purpose because they were they were there to kind of ward off some other breed of monkeys that was like a nuisance, like getting into garbage and doing stuff. So they brought these other monkeys in because they were a little more aggressive in hopes they would kind of push out the earlier nuisance monkeys so now they've got this situation where they've got a kind of a bigger problem on their hands than they had to begin with interesting google a macaw by the way you have to spell it it's not spelled like how you think it's like macaque yeah q-u-e at the end right yeah what a funky looking monkey (laughs) yeah look at their eyes they're beady like they're black they have no soul no soul. They look right through you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That is, I mean, I laugh only because it's a ludicrous story. It's just that it is terrible, though. Poor, <sighs> that's horrible. Poor guy. Imagine getting bricked to death. But just, yeah. yeah. 20 bricks. I mean, how big were these bricks? Well, they came off a building, so I guess they're probably the size of just, like, regular bricks. But like yeah. from a height, oh, they'd be how high? A brick, did it say? I mean, even not at a height. Like you have a bunch of them thrown at you. But yeah, it was up from the trees. Oh, yeah, it hurt I, I guess so they carried much. the 
the the bricks up to the tops of the trees with them, and then when the guy came, they just rained down on him. So is this something that monkeys would do? I th- what is that uh, sound? Crows, big crows here in Tokyo. Is that something monkeys would? I hope I'm not about to be hit by bricks from crows. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's like that movie, The Birds. <laughs> They're gonna come and peck your eyes out. No, but is this something that monkeys would know how to do? Like, was this a decision? Or is this like, you mean? Did they? Yeah, was the, or was this like a, a learned behavior? Is there like a there? There had to be a leader monkey. Yeah. Oh yeah, monkeys are very hierarchical. So I'm sure. I know nothing. I mean, I don't about really them. either, but I think they are. They have a, a hierarchy, and there's a pecking order, and all that stuff. Alpha males, and okay, so yeah, actually, I did know a little bit about that. So is that something that they they do? Like, do, is do they do this by defending their their perches in trees or their territory? Like, do they they throw like apples and other fruits at other monkeys? Yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. know. Like, are trying to come in their territory? I have no idea. Like, is this or did they see this somewhere? Don't know. That's a good question. For another episode, perhaps. Ah, so weird. Anyway, uh, well, I feel bad for that guy and his family. Yeah, me too. That is the weirdest thing. Yeah, I'm still looking at one of these pictures. The, like, like you said, soulless eyes. They look like evil monkeys, Especially with man. a story like this as a backdrop. I don't think these are nice. Oh my god. Look at the one with the fangs. Look at those fangs. Yeah, they look like old men. Angry old men. Yeah. Yeah. That's really it right there. This is there's a picture of one here chewing on some guy's glasses. <laughs> Seriously. I don't think it's like, this is not the first time that they have attacked no. people. No. They're they're scary. I don't have anything else to say, but I do I got to say, I do enjoy uh, our little chats. I enjoy our podcast, and uh, it's fun doing it. And I hope that over time we get a little better. And, uh, and you know, who knows, man? Maybe we'll get, uh, we'll get some people that will follow, yeah. and we'll turn into a, a national success we'll story. See. 